Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey listeners, before we get to the episode, let me formally invite you to hit pause, go to nighttimepodcast.com, and send me a voice memo sharing your worst Christmas experience. Whether it be a bad gift, a drunk uncle, or parents that just don't understand, we want to hear about it. Again, the voice recorder is at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. I hope to hear from you. Now let's get to the episode. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is a venue in which my pal Handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat news stories that played out over the past week. In tonight's episode, which was recorded on December 20th, 2023, Aaron and I find ourselves presenting a Christmas special made up of the many dumb Canadian crimes that played out over the past week. We're going to talk about the stolen taxi that bashed around Regina. We'll consider the motive behind the stolen ATM that was smashed out of a bank by a stolen tractor. We'll investigate the theft of over 40 frozen turkeys from a New Brunswick grocery store. And of course, we're going to complain about Tim Hortons. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Happy Saint. Merry (laughs) Christmas. Oh my God. What a start. (laughs) It's almost time. We've, We've debated when to start saying it's Christmas season. I think there's no doubt it's now. We're recording this December 20th. Yeah. Is it almost Christmas is the question. We are in the throes of Christmas, I would say. Well, I'd say it's, it's, it's only almost Christmas on, on the 24th, really, in my opinion. Sorry. Uh, Are you at work today? No. Oh, you're on Christmas vacation. I'm on Christmas vacation from one of my jobs. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, how have you been? Good, good. Busy, busy. Um, yeah, gearing up for Elf the Musical. We open this Thursday, so that's occupying all of my now free time that I have from work. So uh, mm. getting geared up for that. Who are you playing in Elf the Musical? Walter Hobbs, his father. Okay, his like prick of a dad, right? Well, he's obsessed with work. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it's, he's a layered character, so I'm okay. trying to not really label him as a prick per se, but. He's just a little lost in the shuffle of his career. Okay. It's more nuanced than prick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit more gray than than the black and white the, the, that you want to paint him as. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, a lot of people say Elf is their favorite Christmas movie. Is do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Um, I really like the older claymation Christmas movies, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Um, Christmas Vacation is a good one. Mm, I'm glad you said that because that's mine. And I just want to I want to tell you something I've learned about Christmas Vacation that like rocked me to the core actually just yesterday. So I'm talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation starring Chevy Chase. There's um there's this certain scene in the movie that I think about a lot. I think the reason I'm like a straight uh, hot blooded guy is because of this scene. Let me play the scene and you tell me if you know what I'm who I'm talking about and what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking, of course, about the most beautiful woman who has ever in television or movies. But listen to this. Wouldn't be the Christmas shopping season if the stores were any less hooter than they are, harder than they are. Ooh, it is warm in here. Well, you have your coat on. Yes. Oh, do I? How did that happen? Because it's cold out. Yes. Yes. It is. It's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy out. <laughs> what did I say? Nipple? <laughs> oh, there is a nip in the air, though. Can I take something out for you? You remember that scene, right? I do, in the department store. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Um... The woman who plays the bombshell clerk, the, the actress's name is Nicolette Scorsese. And I learned yesterday that her 70th birthday is next week. 70? <laughs> yeah. Time flies, right? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. How, how old would that have made her when they filmed that? When, when was I, that movie released? I think she was in her 20s by the look of it. Let me see. She Christmas could be in her week? 30s in that. Yeah. She is gorgeous, though, right? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to argue there. Movie came out in 89, which is 35, 34 years ago. So, yeah, so she would have been in her 30s. Yeah, she would have been in her mid-30s, I guess. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why, but when I saw that her birthday is next week and she'll be turning 70, it just kind of rocked me a little bit. Yeah, that's that's that means you're also getting old. And you're so also soon on the verge of death. Yeah, it seems so. But uh, big shout out to Nicolette Scorsese. Happy birthday. And thanks for um, teasing me so much when I was a child. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting riled up right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in love with her. I can't help it. Yeah, no, it's I get it, man. Yeah, you really <laughs> like her. <laughs> uh, let's get into it. We're here not to talk about Christmas movies. We're not even necessarily here to talk about Christmas. We're here to keep Canada weird by way of highlighting the weird, unique, offbeat, and unusual, and in some cases unsettling, stories that played out across this great nation last week. And as it turns out, this week I think is an inadvertent, an accidental Christmas special, but it's going to be looked at from a specific way. This is a Christmas crime special because when I took out, when I pieced together the strange stories that were catching my eye, they all seemed to point towards crime connected to Christmas. I don't know if that's a statement about the desperation in this country. Any uh, well, Christmas can be a desperate time for anyone. I know I often feel desperate at Christmas and, and thoughts cross my mind about, about committing crimes that I wouldn't normally commit through the rest of the year. So okay, well, 
we got a whole bunch of crimes and let's see if these are any that you would you would uh you would commit and also i'd like to know which of these as we go through um are specifically connected to christmas we're going to be talking about a stolen taxi versus the city of regina we're going to be talking about a heist in saskatchewan we're going to hear about a grandparent scammer who got bailed out by his grandparents we're going to talk about some stolen turkeys we'll hear a batman story and of course as usual and as typical we got a little tim hortons on our menu or on our uh-huh. plate yeah uh, you, what crime you want to start with taxis batman heists turkeys no nah, let's let's kick it off with turkeys why not right This is a story out of Salisbury, New Brunswick. The owner of a small independent grocery store has found their back against the wall after the theft of 60 frozen turkeys from their business. Listen to this. Uh, I'll listen. A large pre-Christmas theft at a small grocery store in New Brunswick has a lot of people talking turkey tonight. Thieves made off with a significant number of frozen birds this weekend. A big loss this close to the holidays. CTV's Derek Haggett has the story. It's a crime befitting the Grinch. The owner of this independent grocery store in Salisbury says around 60 frozen turkeys were stolen from a trailer behind the store early Sunday morning. Each one was worth around $40, so the store is out close to $2,500. Customers are angry. Pretty horrible, to be honest with you. Taking food from others. Other people need that stuff. Some people can't drive away from the village, so they got no other place to go to get the turkeys. We all have to buy stuff. There's food banks, there's programs for you to get a turkey. Why steal them? The store still has some turkeys left, but with Christmas a week away, more will be needed. An inconvenience for some. Well, it is disheartening, especially since it is this time of year. And yes, there's a lot of people that can't get into town. It's crazy. There's a lot of bad stuff going on around like Salisbury and area I find and it's sad to see. I hate to see stuff like this happening. This nearby restaurant has only been in business for a few months, but the owners say they too have been broken into. A lot of people here in the village uh, or town now of Salisbury have been affected by break-ins, whether it's in their, their homes, their businesses or their vehicles. It seems to be an ongoing problem. A spokesperson for the town of Salisbury says they've been in touch with the RCMP on a regular basis about the growing concerns over crime. CTV News reached out to the RCMP for details on the turkey theft, but calls were not returned by news time. The owner tells me the plan is to drive to Perth Andover in northern New Brunswick tomorrow to get more turkeys. That's a three-hour drive away, and while she says it's a major inconvenience, she doesn't want to let her customers down so close to Christmas. If there is any question, I think that uh, is very closely connected to Christmas. Uh, there's no doubt uh, that many turkeys this time of year is couldn't be more of a Christmas crime, I would say. Well, you know, the whole supply and demand thing, there's definitely a demand for turkey. Uh, some of the, you know, they do the, what they call the streeters, where they're just like kind of on the street asking people for their opinion on a story the news reporter did there. Yeah, I think a lot of the people were a little off though like one lady was uh, explained like you know there's programs if you really want a turkey you can go to a food bank and get a turkey i don't think there's any chance that the person who stole all those turkeys is planning to eat them all and stole them because they're like i don't have a turkey i'm going to steal 40. no they're stealing them to sell them in some capacity uh, probably to members of the community so is it 
is the problem the thief or the or the huge demand for like black market turkeys in Salisbury? Well, that's what's so strange about this crime is that it's going to be so blatantly obvious of who's stole the turkeys when all of a sudden yeah. dozens and dozens of of like discount I, turkeys, you know, come on. Yeah, this you know, this guy's on yeah, on Facebook Marketplace in Salisbury is just flooded with cheap, cheap frozen turkeys. Yeah. All from this one guy. I feel like that's a very easy case to solve. Unless it's like small town Canada organized crime where a group of like 40 people are just like, you know, quietly splitting up the turkeys. Because yet there's no need to have more than one. You couldn't have like three turkeys over the Christmas break, could you? Uh, three turkeys. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put it past some people, but, um, I think unless, unless it's a restaurant involved, a restaurant. Yeah. But there's Ooh. not a lot of businesses in that town. They were saying like, that was the one grocery store. Well, but they did interview a restaurant who's like, yeah, we've been getting broken into two. We yeah, just opened yeah. and we're getting like, in broke. It seemed like but there's one it... restaurant, one grocery store. It seems like that kind of town. So, but is it not like I'm just thinking? I'm not pointing the finger at that restaurant or saying they're involved, but they are a little quick to come out and be like, "Yeah, like we've been getting robbed as well." Also, like we're we, one of the. Also, we have turkey on sale, turkey uh, <laughs> hot turkey sandwiches, and uh, the, turkey dinner, and turkey, turkey soup. soup. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I would say if there was multiple grocery stores in the area, then I would say maybe they're behind it. It's some kind of a rivalry between grocery stores, but I, I can't really see that being the reason. And and how easy it would be to get caught reselling these turkeys. Yeah, uh, you would need to have a network. Area. You need to have a network of hungry turkey loving people that are willing to buy black market meat. Uh, unless, yeah, unless it's some kind of an animal rights activist uh, group. And they're releasing them. There's a field of like rotting, no, just rotting turkeys. Yeah, odd turkeys. Uh, they were stolen not from the building. They 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 were keeping the frozen turkeys in a trailer in the back of the grocery store, which is weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's normal. I don't know anything about where you would store them. And I guess there's such a demand this time of year that they're going to have way more turkeys than normal. So maybe it necessitates an outdoor area. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's a normal thing to do. I don't I've never managed a grocery store, so I can't really speak to it. Okay. Hmm. But it'll be interesting to see if we get an update on this story shortly after Christmas. I'm sure we will. Let's let's move on to another crime and I want to hear what you think of this one. I don't know if this could be connected to Christmas or not, but I I think it may just be a social thing that the town of Regina, Saskatchewan, where our dear friend Madeleine Klein is from, is often described by uh, her and by myself as Cape Breton of Saskatchewan. Um, mm. it, it, here's a weird crime that took place in Regina just last week. This involves a taxi, a stolen taxi. Listen to this. It's a wild scene in downtown Regina overnight, ending with a stolen taxi coming to rest at the Cornwall Centre. McFavel has those details. 
A path of destruction through downtown Regina. A stolen taxi cab ramming into multiple businesses Saturday morning before coming to arrest just outside of the Cornwall Centre. According to Regina Police Service, officers responded to a call at around 2.45 a.m. that the cab had been stolen on the 1100 block of Angus Street. They located the taxi, attempted to pull it over, but the driver sped away. At around 3 o'clock, the car rammed into the shopper's drug mart. A few moments later, the cab crashed into Colin O'Brien Mann's shop on Hamilton Street, leaving debris scattered along the sidewalk. Finally, the driver taking the stolen cab through the doors of the Cornwall Centre. The joyride ending as the car came to a rest on a stairway on the opposite side of the mall. Police are working to establish the cost of the damage this incident has caused, while a 31-year-old woman has been arrested. The investigation continues. I mean, is, is it my ears that are hearing something different or wrong there? Was that, was that a street named after Conan O'Brien? I thought I heard it called uh, the Conan O'Brien Man Shop. <laughs> or a shop, yeah. Like, I, I just heard Conan O'Brien. I, I, like, I did as well. Mm-hmm. Do we Maybe. do we know anything about that? What is that? That's a separate mystery. No, that's I think it's better left unsolved. You think so? Yeah. I so, think Regina needs to keep some secrets. Um Yeah, this this sounds like a Christmas related crime to me. Does it like to a, you? Uh it could be a Christmas party uh that just went a little too wild. Someone was trying to get home from the Christmas party and while in the cab they i guess decided to take the opportunity to steal the cab and then they found themselves in a fit of rage about kind of like the retail radicalization of the holiday so they took it upon themselves to ram the stolen cab into the conan o'brien shop several other places and i guess the whole situation meets its climax as they're driving through a mall in a stolen cab well, yeah, it, it seems to me that it's uh, somebody had Christmas shopping that needed to be done all over town yeah, and just had no other way to, to get it done other than to steal a cab. And, and then and they the... were so frantic in the frenzy of, uh, of their last minute Christmas shopping, even though it's not <laughs> technically last minute, we're still a little ways away. Yeah, they could have waited but, a couple of days, but still some people want to get it done. Maybe this was the only day they had. The only day they had to shop and they had to get it all done in one foul swoop and they didn't have a car. The stores weren't open, so they had no choice, but to, I guess just ram them. Yeah. Or they were driving, you know, so fast trying to get it done that they lost control of the vehicle several times. <laughs> uh, how about getting the, the way this whole thing ends is they plow through the doors of the mall. They're driving through the mall in a stolen cab and they end up getting the cab like hung up on the stairs. It's kind of an embarrassing way to end this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it. I wish we could have seen a bit more like a, some pictures of that. There wasn't a lot in the story. You know, there was mm -hmm. a few, uh, you know, photos taken of some of the areas, but I would have liked to have seen the individual. Yeah, the 31-year-old woman who was who did all this. Uh, we should try to get her on the show next week. Yeah, I doubt she's going to want to come on the show, though. She she's may probably be still too busy Christmas shopping. <laughs> she's like, I didn't get anything done because I kept smashing the, the taxi, so I, I have to do it all now on foot. Um, 
<laughs> and you just see her running around like the city banging into buildings on foot <laughs> or just like on a bicycle or something and just smashing into like you know shopping displays and it, it, that's not the only kind of crazy crime that played out last week in saskatchewan so we just heard the 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 story of the stolen cab in regina but a credit union in a southwestern saskatchewan town is currently closed until further notice after a rather brazen theft that occurred just early just this past sunday morning Listen to this one. RCMP are investigating a stolen ATM that was taken in a dramatic fashion in southwestern Saskatchewan. Someone stole a front end loader and smashed it into the Cypress Credit Union in Burstall near the Saskatchewan-Alberta border yesterday morning. In a Facebook post, the credit union said the building sustained extensive damage. It's closed until further notice. Area residents on Facebook say thieves broke into an RM's compound and stole a front end loader around 4 a.m and use that to smash through the building to retrieve the ATM before leaving in a dark pickup truck. That's one way to do it. This is a double crime though, because they they had to steal a front end loader, which is a large tractor. They had to steal that from somewhere. Then they drive to the bank while it's closed, of course, it's happened in the middle of the night. And they drive the front end loader through the front of the building to, as the reporter puts it, to retrieve Mm -hmm. The ATM. I would say that's not really retrieving it. Like no, retrieving, no. Retrieve, no. retrieving retrieve is way sounds softer. very graceful. Whereas yeah. this is smashing into a building to rip out an ATM. Yeah, with a bulldozer. Yeah, I wouldn't retrieve. Come on. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Um, um, this does this not sound Christmas related. Really, I thought it was. I think. I think it's. Uh, people are hung are desperate for money right now and the prices of everything are crazy well, yeah but this is the kind of crime that happens all year round yeah that's true it's just the fact that it happened so close to christmas and that it was such a salacious way to do it like to go in there with a tractor like i wonder what, what kind of money's in an atm probably yeah a couple thousand. especially like you say the double crime aspect to it you're then creating by stealing the thing that you need to steal the other thing, you're opening another door, another avenue to get caught. Yeah. And you would think the tractor would probably be worth more than what's in the ATV, the ATM. But I guess it's you got to sell the tractor and deal with that. Where the ATM, it's probably going to, without exaggerating, I'm guessing there's probably like five to 10 grand in cash in one of those. Maybe. I, I thought maybe around 20,000 or something, but mm -hmm. I've never been, have... I, I always, whenever you're near a bank machine and you see the guys showing up, the security guys to like load the money into the bank machine. Mm -hmm. And I always back away because yeah, it always seems like such a serious situation. Yeah. And they, they may think you're going to heist them. Uh, do banks not have vaults anymore? Like I know when I was a kid, the, the idea was you would break into a bank or sneak into a bank and get in the vault where all the gold and money was and stuff. I think now with like debit and all this, there's not even really money in banks because and just, the reason I bring this up is if you're going to drive a front end loader through this building to get the ATM, why not just drive through like one or two more walls and get into the vault where you would think the real valuables are? Because like, you could flatten that building with a front loader. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely could. Um, I mean, there's there's ATMs though in easier places. Seriously, eh? Instead like of having a, to like run a, over like a, a bank? convenience store or something. 
Mm-hmm. Like why pick this- a why pick a bank when you could pick a convenience store that might have a glass window that you have to get through. Mm-hmm. Or some ATMs are like kind of on the ex- exterior of a building and you can just kind of bash into it or whatever rather than Yeah, like you don't need a front end you don't need a front end loader to get it into a convenience store. You just have to back your truck into it. Yeah. Into the front door, rip out the ATM and then and then you're gone. Maybe the front loader was also to be used to crack open the ATM. But that's a good point because they would be like heavily fortified or whatever to prevent you from getting in there without a key. But I would think a front end loader would do it. But in hindsight, initially I thought this was a Christmas related or encouraged crime. Um, now thinking about it a bit more, I don't think it is. I think this is. I don't. I, would, I was going to say organized crime, but no, it seems a little reckless. I think this is just like a nut or two nuts. Must have been two yeah, or three because like, they had a yeah, getaway. It seems like there had to be a group of them to do it. But I mean, they left people. the front end loader behind, right? Yeah, they got in a, a truck and booked it with the ATM, I guess. This whole thing is nuts. I'm scared of these people. Because I thought maybe, oh, you know, we'll carry the ATM and the front end loader like down the street. But that's in a slow move. That's such a slow moving vehicle too. So, yeah, like, not much of a graceful getaway. No, so it sounds like there's there is some desperation to to this crime, and mm. yeah, again, it's I I can't really understand why. Maybe there's some unknown reason when they're planning this out. They're like, you know what, we can't. We have to get a front end loader. Mm. Well, where are we gonna get one? Well, we're gonna have to steal one. It's like, oh, we're getting in deep here, boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a uh, that's complicated. I hope it was worth their while. And I hope yeah. they get busted and go to prison. Uh, speaking of getting busted and going to prison and stupid crimes, this one is certainly isn't Christmas related, or maybe it is Christmas related. We'll find out. But you remember in the past, we've talked quite a bit about different scams. And one of them was the grandparent scam, which is calling someone and saying, you know, uh, this is your grandson, bail me out. Some random person's going to come to the house to collect cash or gift cards or whatever nani and someone would actually show up and get the money you remember this whole grandparents oh yes. scam yeah thing. yeah yeah a guy was arrested a guy from ontario uh, charged with dozens of ca- uh, charged in dozens of cases of the grandparents scam across the east coast of canada he's a guy from ontario but here's where it gets interesting he gets ba- uh, he gets bailed out of prison let me read you the article An Ontario man facing dozens of charges in a so-called grandparent phone scam has been released on bail. 24-year-old Charles Gillen is accused of traveling to St. John's to collect money from people, um, mostly grandparents, taken in by fake stories of their grandchildren being arrested. Uh, Scammers collect enough info to make the initial call, posing as the grandkid or niece or nephew in trouble with the law and needing cash for bail or to pay a lawyer. Gillen was the guy arrested was removed from a flight as it was about to leave St. John's on March 2nd and has been in custody since then facing 46 charges including multiple counts of fraud and extortion. He's reportedly wanted on similar charges in other provinces and was twice denied bail in Newfoundland. But the third time provided a charm yesterday when in the greatest of ironies Gillen a grandson in jail for real was bailed out by his grandparents. They appeared by video from their home in Winnipeg, where Gillen must now stay. His lawyer will appear. Okay, 
He's uh, the case is next in court January 4th. But I guess the big irony there is he's convicted or he's charged with defrauding people claiming to be a grandparent in trouble. While in prison, he actually has to call his grandparents to get bailed mm-hmm. out. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's super ironic. Uh, I love the the twist at the end of the story. Uh, um, if it's Christmas related, my only thought could be maybe that's why like you know, it's the spirit of forgiving. Is it Christmas? No, this one I I don't think is at all Christmas related. I think it's because actually even his crimes, grandparents. These crimes that he would have committed would have started months ago, or that's true. He's been at this for a while, mm-hmm. so it's not a seasonal incident with him. I think the better irony would be if it wasn't actually his grandparents. Like, it's just some random people. He just, like, they're like, you got one call, and he's like, oh, I got cross his fingers and presses some buttons, and he's like, hi, nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think even the most, even even better ironic twist to it would be he's been scamming all of these grandparents by saying, Hey, I'm your grandson. I I'm in trouble and I need money. And then he gets arrested. He goes to jail. He needs to be bailed out. He calls his grandparents and he says, Hey, it's your actual grandson. I'm in trouble. I need money. His grandparents don't believe him because no, we think you're one of those (laughs) scammers. (laughs) <laughs> we heard about this on the news yeah, and the keep canada weird this. podcast no, yeah i'm not falling for this one no, no. that would be good my uh, grandson's a good boy he would never ever go to jail for scamming people like me if he did what he's accused of doing screw him and i hope he goes to jail for a long time praying on the elderly is just awful yeah yeah it's it's a it's an all too common crime that we hear about on this mm-hmm. podcast and mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but there are people out there stealing front-end loaders and smashing them into their grandparents' house and taking their Canadian Tire gift cards. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good segue into the next story. Uh, stealing Canadian Tire gift cards by way of front-end loader into your grandparents would be a ridiculous way into your grandparents' house would be a ridiculous way to commit a crime, but so would donning a batman mask and an axe and so i want to tell you just quickly the story about a burglary at zell's convenience in barry happened at about 5 a.m on monday past by a man wearing a batman mask who had an axe let's just listen to the short clip and then we'll talk about this one police in barry are looking for a man who wore a superhero mask during a convenience store robbery officers were called to the store on cundles road around 5 a.m yesterday after a man entered the store wearing a batman mask the suspect obtained a small quantity of change from the register and fled on foot police say there were reports the suspect was armed with an axe as they ran from the store the suspect was last seen near bay Bayfield Mall. Uh, sounds like a pretty epic fail when you're described in the news as stealing a, a small amount of change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, to go through all that risk of when you're robbing a store and all that can go wrong and all of the variables that you have to account for. Mm-hmm. And then to walk away with hardly anything. Well, it's even when it was technically successful, he Mm. robbed the store, he got money, he left without being, you know, without hurting anybody, without being arrested. 
but then yeah, what what's he walk away with? Twelve dollars and change or well what do you expect when you when you go and rob a convenience store? Um everyone pays with debit, right? Like you're not gonna even if you ended up walking away with hundred and thirty dollars. That like that would probably be good to risk it to the point of like I'm gonna put on a Batman mask. I'm gonna take this axe in case I need to scare somebody. This person's uh, I, they deserve a handful of change. Yeah, and to go as Batman, as a caped crusader that is is supposed to be stopping bad guys, mm-hmm. and then to don that identity and go in and rob somebody. Completely yes. ripping the trust that we have in that character. Mm-hmm. Think about the kids who see this on the news and they're like, Batman? Why? Batman? That's, how, why would he do that? It's like, you know, it's like Santa Claus going in and stealing your toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's wrong on on so many levels. Uh, this guy's, I don't know, he's not, a, he's not a genius criminal. I think they'll probably find this guy. I don't know. Uh, will they even care will they even bother this idiot's gonna find himself in a worse situation than in trouble yeah i imagine the batman mask is just something that he found somewhere but the by the visual of it that we saw in the news clip it didn't look like it was in pristine condition no it kind of looked like a kid's mask yeah and he didn't look like he was in pristine condition either so Mm -hmm. uh you know, this is imagined like I need any kind of mask, probably found an old Batman mask in a dumpster after Halloween. Said, all right, I'm going as Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going there. This this story's getting a bit of play in the media. It's going to get he's he's should have went in and just shown his face and no one would have cared about the guy who went into a store and stole some change. The fact that he has the Batman mask and the axe, people are talking about it. He's his own worst enemy, just like the dude in Cape Breton who wore a garbage bag over his head into a convenience store, robbed it, and got busted shortly after. You're your own worst enemy by making this something people want to talk about. Yeah, and the axe, I don't know. Is that an effective weapon to rob a grocery or a convenience store with? God, I don't even want to think about that. I think it, it, if you were a pure psychopath that were, was willing to chop someone up, maybe. But I feel like it's such a slow moving weapon, you know, it's just like it's mm-hmm. you're it's better not going to be as it. it's not going to be as quick as a knife or a gun like an axe is a messy weapon. You're better off just pretending like doing the gun thing with your hand and putting it in, in your, your pocket. pocket. Yeah, that's yeah, just the threat of a weapon. Like I could have a weapon, but I assume anybody who has their hand in their pocket pretending it's a gun doesn't have a gun. Yeah, because why wouldn't they just show it? It's why the wouldn't they just show it? You've already are so deep into the crime. You might as well show the gun. <laughs> yeah. Taking it out doesn't like require me to shoot. It doesn't require you to shoot me with it, but just take it out of your pocket so I see. So I know you're serious. So I I, I have to decide if I'm going to hand you over $12 and change or not. <laughs> I wonder if anyone's ever really got called on that, like pretending they had a gun and being like, just show me. Like, just, just so I know we're for real here. <laughs> That would be an interesting. Yeah, uh, no scene disrespect, to play out. no disrespect. But <laughs> before I hand you over some quarters and loonies, <laughs> can I see the gun? Yeah, let's just see. So we see what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
An interesting collection of Canadian crime stories, all occurring a week before Christmas. What an awful time to commit a crime and the sacred season known as retail hurricane traffic lineup season. Yeah. Screw this time of year. I'm just going to say it. I hate going, yeah. I hate leaving my house this time of year. Oh, I have to try and and uh, sneak out for a little bit of Christmas shopping before I go to rehearsal. So I'll finish recording with you. And I have about two hours to maybe get, in get into cab. town, get <laughs> steal a cab, drive it to a construction site where I'll steal a front end loader. And then I'll drive that front end loader into a convenience store while I'll get $12 of change. <laughs> Good luck. Um, we may have bigger problems to worry about and discuss uh, than petty crime playing out around Canada in the lead up of Christmas. Actually, I think we're already, we've already lost the battle against Tim Hortons, but it seems like the front lines of the war against Tim Hortons being fought by people who enjoy good coffee and food is being fought on the Canadian American border. I want to play you a voicemail here from Heather. Uh, she's found herself in an interesting position. Hello, Aaron and Jordan. My name is Heather and I live in the States, a small town in Pennsylvania. So in my small town, there is one small grocery store and new people bought it and are running it now. So when they first took over, I had noticed that they were not restocking the coffee. Each time there was less and less to the point that there was just the generic brand left which tastes awful, but at least it gave me the caffeine I needed to take on the day. The next time I went in, still only the generic brand, but in like decaf and blueberry. I kept thinking, what is going on? Then it happened. The next time I go in, the shelves are filled with Tim Hortons. No, this can't be. I have my own bad experiences with Tim Hortons, and after I started listening to your podcast, I knew they were no good. So then... I saw the new owner and noticed their vehicle had Ontario license plate. So I figure that they are Tim Horton sleeper agents and they are slowly trying to make it so that the only coffee available in the U.S. is Tim's. So our only hope is that the animal uprising is fast and swift and can stop this from happening. We deserve the animals to uprise. No one deserves Tim Horton's. Thank you guys so much for what you do. Your podcast, it makes me laugh. It puts me in a good mood. And always remember to keep Canada weird. It's kind of a scary story. I love the connection to our battle with Tim Hortons to the animal uprising made in this voicemail. It's all there. But I think it's it's it, she didn't put this all together it manifested itself in her small town imagine this you know this random canadian couple buys your small town grocery store and it's just all tim hortons from then on what is like a kind of a stereotypical thing to happen yeah and it's interesting but i don't know what kind of uh contracts that grocery stores have or if if they're allowed to do that, to, to completely oh, focus so, on just one brand. You know what it probably is? This this Ontario couple probably crosses the border every second week and goes to Costco and just buys a ton of, you know, just the cheap stuff and goes back into the U.S. and sells it at a higher price. Because you can get Tim Hortons 
brand coffee at like Costco and stuff for pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Happen. But I mean, if the coffee was amazing, I mean, it's not like it's not like people in America have this fondness already ingrained in them for Tim Hortons. That's true. Why would like, you there's just buy... goodwill? There's there's emotional goodwill still left in Canada for Tim Hortons for the people who remember how it used to be, mm-hmm. but it means nothing to people in America. That's so true. when you walk into a grocery store in America and and you all of a sudden all of the various coffee brands that you love are gone and there's just Tim Hortons coffee there. Mm-hmm. You're just like, why are you selling this one random Canadian brand of coffee at your grocery store? It's like, yeah, I get your Canadian, but I bought it because I was desperate because you won't sell me anything else. And it was terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I see what you're getting at there. It, it does seem like there's a bit of a method or a strategy to it. Because, yeah, like this business owner could just as well buy something even cheaper than Tim Hortons and bring it to the U.S. and resell it, making money. They don't need to bring Tim Hortons because the name brand doesn't have the recognition there unless their plan isn't to sell coffee and make money. But it is, in fact, as Heather fears, to infiltrate the market with Tim Hortons. And this could, yeah, be a radical Tim Hortons uh, sleeper sell. It could they, be. They it probably didn't be. realize that someone like someone woke like Heather is going to walk in the shop and know damn well what's going on. But there are some people who are convinced still to this day that Tim Hortons is the best coffee in the world. You will come across, I don't come across a lot of those people anymore, but they are still out there. They are still out there. So these people might genuinely think that once we introduce this small town in America to Tim Hortons, and by doing that, we'll force them to buy it because we won't give them any other options by buying this grocery store and filling it with Tim Hortons coffee. Then all of a sudden they'll get addicted to it and we're going to make millions. They, Yeah, maybe. They could also, if they're that radicalized by Tim Hortons, they could think that they're like the great Canadian savior going down to small town USA and they're going to save the place, get rid of that blueberry coffee, which I've never heard of before this voicemail, and instead you know, give the people what they deserve, which is Tim Hortons. Uh, yeah, I hope they fail. I think uh, Heather needs to figure out a bit more uh, and get back to us. Cause Keep I, I would posted be on this. Like if this grocery store closes uh, in the near future, because they focus so much in Tim Hortons and nobody would, would shop there anymore, then that would be some uh, poetic justice for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to tell you one more thing about Tim Hortons. I saved this for the end. Of course, Tim Hortons was in the news um, just Kind of not a big story, but they were in the news because their 60th birthday, the company's 60th birthday is just approaching. And one way to celebrate their 60th anniversary of being in business is to bring back one of their more beloved uh, baked goods that they got rid of a few years back. Listen to this clip and tell me if this is something you care about. And happier news. It's a piece of Canadiana. Now Tim Hortons is set to mark its 60th anniversary next year with some sweet treats to mark the occasion. The company was founded by former NHL defenseman Tim Horton. It opened its first location in Hamilton, Ontario, May of 1964. On January the 10th, to celebrate the anniversary, guess what's coming back? 
the Dutchie, the popular donut that's been off the menu for almost two decades now. Tim's is also promising four other retro donuts will appear for a limited time, although it's still a bit of a secret over what the other three will be, at least for now. The Dutchie, uh, it, ring, it rang a bell in my head when I heard it, but I did have to Google it to remember what donut it is. And if I remember correctly, it's kind of like an apple fritter without apple. It's just kind of like a mess of dough that's been cooked. And maybe there's yeah, I had to it? Google it too, because I, I remember the name, the Dutchie, mm -hmm. but I was trying to remember what it looked like. And it looks like one of those old man donuts. Mm -hmm. so the like because when i was a kid going into tim hortons you know you'd always get hyper focused on the chocolate covered items mm -hmm. uh you know a boston cream or a double dipped donut something uh, with sprinkles right yeah something with some pizzazz mm -hmm. but the dutchie just looks like that generic 1950s style donut that when you're a kid, you go into the Tim Hortons and you wonder who buys those when yeah. it's always it, people in their 70s. Yeah, and it's not square or it's not circle with the hole in the center like a typical donut. A duchy is described as a sweet square-shaped treat that's been speckled with raisins. So it's yeah. like imagine a donut that would normally be in a circle with the hole in the center. Instead, it's just like a kind of like a square. There's a couple raisins in it and I think they're glazed. Yeah, they look glazed. Yeah, that's a duchy. It was, it, it was something that Tim Horton served since the company opened, since the company started in 1964. But the donut, the duchy donut, was discontinued in 2000. Of course, they, as we heard in that clip for the 60th anniversary, they're going to bring it back at least temporarily, alongside a couple other retro donuts or baked goods that have also been discontinued. What I'm hoping to see is uh, the one that I liked as a kid was the eclair which was like a long donut that has whipped cream and chocolate and cherries i think on it i'd like to see that i'd also like to see the strawberry tart which was a little like aluminum tray with a bunch of strawberries mm. kind of leaning over boston cream and then the whole thing was glazed i used to love those when i was a kid yeah and the eclair was a really great one i think they brought those back at least for a little while but they didn't not look long. the same. They, they weren't, weren't the same. Everyone was complaining that's like there's not the same as they used to be, but nothing is there. No, it's true. The Eclair was like kind of the um banana split, like what banana splits are to Dairy Queen, the Eclair used to be to Tim Hortons. It was kind of like big. It was it wasn't much more than donuts and stuff, but it was bigger and it had all this whipped cream and stuff on it. So it was kind of like a bit more of a meal than a donut for a kid. Uh, but I don't think it was especially good. But they're going to bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah, I'll I be interested to see what the other options are. But at the end of the day, when they bring back these these vintage donuts, they're always a disappointment. Yeah, Just, bring back good coffee, you fools. Yeah, why why, why are they never focusing on the quality of their coffee? Why is it no. always just these gimmicks that they're throwing at their menu like spaghetti on a wall they just mm -hmm. you know your core product has been suffering for decades now and this is the nonsense the that you pull yeah here go the duchies coming back maybe <laughs> all the customers that used to come here can come back too it's like no please mm -hmm. just make the coffee good hmm. well we'll see i'll try when it comes back and i'm a sucker for like limited time promotions or new flavors temporarily released uh, i'll get one when it comes back i'll let you know how it is because I'm, I'm sure yeah you when the them. walnut crunch came back 
I think it was last year sometime. Yeah. Uh, well, we maybe, covered it. Then. Yeah, we covered it. Yeah. And we both sampled it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was ex- I was excited momentarily for that return until I tried it. I was like, oh, it's not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, Expect because same. I loved the walnut crunch. That was my favorite donut. Tim Hortons, fool Aaron once, shame on you. Fool Aaron twice, shame on Aaron. Mm-hmm. Aaron's not going to be fooled twice. No, no. And if I am, I'm driving a front loader right into a Tim Hortons. Good. Scooping up all those duchies and then burning them. (laughs) Let's end on that note. You're about to be arrested for threats against your local Tim Hortons. Um, We still have more Christmas inspired content coming. Of course, we're going to be covering the fallout of Christmas 2023. I'm sure craziness is going to take place over the next five or six days. I also have a pocket full of terrible Christmas stories, the worst Christmas stories that listeners of Keep Canada Weird have shared. So we're going to start unwrapping them as well. Maybe we'll do that Christmas morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can ignore your family and uh, we'll hop on hop on Zoom with me and we'll uh, <laughs> spend lovely. the entire day listening to voicemails of people who had awful Christmases at one point. Sounds lovely. Well, let's wrap it up until then, Aaron. So Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Uh, have a happy and Merry Christmas, and I hope you get exactly what you deserve, which is something special. Oh, and Jordan, until next time, something special would be nice, but I think at the end of the day, after the animals officially uprise in 2024, none of this is going to matter. Well said. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, we want to know about it. Or if you have any thoughts or opinions on the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear about that as well. You can reach us at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We're excited to hear from you. Now, before we part here, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers, and Monty Data, who provides the outro version of O Canada. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Joanna, Rob, and Lori, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can do that in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show. But the premium feed also gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. That sounds like something you're interested in. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media, letting all your like-minded friends know why they should listen. We appreciate your support in growing this. Now I'm going to wrap it up, but until next time, let me remind you to take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. And Merry Christmas. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. 
And now to our viewers and listeners everywhere. Good night. Hi, Erin and Jordan. I was super interested to hear about the Quebec police pants protest in last week's podcast. Because in 2015, I was on my way from Alberta to Halifax. I was moving there with an ex-boyfriend. And I was the only one driving. Uh, Had to do it in four days. Got it done. But being from Alberta, um, it was strange entering Quebec. Um, The first thing that was weird was that the police in Montreal did not all wear normal pants. Like, there was a lot of pink camouflage and all kinds of other pants. I actually managed to get a picture of... Uh, a police man in pink or pink camo pants um, but yeah so once we got out of Montreal I got pulled over I was going way above the speed limit and so this officer was wearing a full uniform pants matching the top and my boyfriend eventually woke up and the only thing he said to the police officer was just asking about the pants on the Montreal cops and the guy the policeman was so confused he was like oh they just do that to like be more on the level of the citizens and stuff to be more like I don't know it it was a weird explanation but I wonder if a similar thing was happening at that time or I don't know anyway I thought that was interesting Merry Christmas everybody